The Bible says this, Matthew chapter number 8. I'm going to start reading at verse number 23 down through 27. We'll pray and we'll preach a little bit tonight. The Bible says this, And when he was entered into the ship, into a ship, his disciples followed him. And behold, there arose a great tempest in the sea, insomuch that the ship was covered with the waves, but he was asleep. And his disciples came to him and awoke him, saying, Lord, save us, we perish. And he saith unto them, Why are ye fearful, O ye of little faith? Then he arose and rebuked the winds and the sea, and there was a great calm. But the men marveled, saying, What manner of man is this, that even the winds and sea obey him? Let's pray. Lord, we come to you tonight. We're thankful to be in this place. And Lord, I stand right here, and I just need the touch of God tonight. I pray that you give me some unction to preach. Help me to effectively communicate the word of God. And Lord, I pray supernaturally you'd open the ears and the hearts of each one here that you would... Lord, that we would hear your word tonight. If there's one lost tonight, never been saved, God, I pray they get born again tonight, Lord, that they may know that you died on the cross for their sins and rose again the third day, that they could have eternal life. And Father, we need you tonight. Help us, Lord, we pray. And we'd be sure to thank you and praise you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now, the Bible is full of storms. You can start about the sixth chapter of Genesis and you'll find from there on, there's all kinds of storms. They come in many varieties. There's rainstorms and windstorms and snowstorms and sandstorms. And, and the Bible even ment mentions a windstorm of false doctrine. You can find that in Ephesians chapter number 4. And uh, there's storms like this one in our text where the disciples were out on the water. You can go to uh, Acts chapter number 27. And may I say, when they name a storm, it's a big deal. Okay, Eurachaldon, Acts 27, Paul was on his way to Rome. And, but I want you to notice that the storms in the Bible, they are literal storms. What I'm preaching to you is a literal event that occurred uh, and a real event that occurred. But storms in the Bible, they picture a time of testing or a time of trouble. And I want you to notice something as you would study storms throughout scriptures. Storms can be divinely induced. Think about this for a second. I want you to notice, sometimes we think all the bad things happen in our life because we've done something bad. Can I pause you for a second? That's not the truth. Uh, we can look right here in the text. Listen to me. The disciples were in a real good place. You say, how do I know that? Because verse 23 says his disciples followed him. They were exactly where they were supposed to be. They were following the Lord Jesus Christ. But we found a storm here. Uh, and, and, and maybe that's why it said, and behold. And, and, and listen, uh, the Christian life, can I say something to you? It's not you get saved and it becomes a bed of roses. May I say that we go through manifold temptations. We, we go through all kinds of things. What is the purpose of these things? God is using these events to grow our faith. We can see here faith is a big part about storms. When you get into a storm, we can ask why. There's not a, listen, it's not a sin to ask God why you're going through something like that. That's not a sin. Uh, uh, but what we see here is that this storm, it was a directly connected with their faith. And may I say storms can be a, a divinely induced thing or storms can be a product of our decisions. Now let me say something to you. If we're not careful, listen, there is things that come in our life because of the decisions you and I have made that God never intended for us to go through. 
There are those kind of storms. And may I say, a lot of times we create most of our own problems, if we're real honest. But we see storms, and, 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 and here's the certainty that I can tell you. I don't always know why things come in or what, what caused things, but this is what I know. There will surely be storms in your life. This I know. You're going to go through storms, and we find the disciples here on a boat when the storm arose. And I believe looking at this passage of Scripture, there is help for us when we're going through one. Now, you've been through some, and you may be sitting in one right now. I don't know, but listen to me. If you're not, there's one ahead, I'm sure. That's for sure. But the one thing I want you to grasp in the midst of the storm is, is a simple little thing that we need to remember. In the midst of the storm, we must remember who's in our boat. As we come here, the storm's going on, but I'm glad that there was a remembrance that Jesus was still on board. And, and listen to me, in the midst of what you're going through, I, I, I'm going to tell you, the devil will try to make you think that you're the only one that's ever faced it, that nobody cares, that God's, not, God's done with you and God doesn't know and all these kind of things. But listen to me, well, there ain't a thing that you're going to face that you haven't been through or that you're going to go through that he is not with you. Now listen, the presence of the storm is real. I'm not going to sit up here and preach and try to downplay the storm. This was a real storm. Listen, I may not know what you're going through, but you can feel the effects of what you're going through. It's a real thing. Now I, I can see it, and I, but I may not be able to experience, but the presence of the storm is real. When they were out here on the boat, the water was hitting them in the face. The wind was blowing. Everything was tossing and moving about. Think about this for a second. And, and and, and, and what I want to grasp is if we look at the uh, intensity of this storm, that's oftentimes how we feel in our life when we're going through what we call a storm. It's described by the word great. He says, it says here that a great tempest arose, a great tempest. That, that word great, it comes from the Greek word megas, which it, it's meaning, it means big. It's the same word we use as mega. Uh, I, I, not anymore. I mean, Jason could probably tell you this, but I don't think a megabyte's big anymore. They got a lot more bigger things. But at one point in time, a megabyte was a lot of memory, right? We, we talk about uh, uh, mega things. It's a mega sale right now. Hey, right Right before Christmas come to the mega sale, you say, why are you doing this? Trying to intensify how big it was. Well, think about this. When the Bible uses adjectives, it don't just throw things in there to fill words. It wants you to know this is a big one. They're in a boat. It's a big storm. The word tempest, it means an extensive current of wind with great velocity or violence. We're not talking about a cool, gentle breeze. We're talking about this was a big one. I mean, the storm is out here. It comes from the Greek word seismos, which is what we, if you think about seismograph, that's what they measure earthquake, uh, earthquakes with. It pictures a great shaking. These men are on a boat. They're out here. The water is, is blowing. The wind is shaking. The boat is shaking. It was a great storm. The Bible even tells us that the waves were coming over the ship. The waves had covered the ship. Now, I've been on some big boats, and let me tell you something. We went one time, we was on a cruise, and we wasn't allowed on the top deck because the winds had hit a certain amount of miles an hour. That Through this passage that we were going through, they wouldn't let us get on the top deck, and we was in a boat that was bigger than this, bigger than this building. Now, I can't imagine being on probably what is a small fishing vessel 
This doesn't say it was a sailboat. Commentators say it was a boat. They were manually rowing the thing down through there. And I'm talking about, listen to me, uh, this was a great, great storm. And can you imagine yourself, picture yourself in this? Because in our lives, we've been there where we felt life blowing against us. We felt the shaking and the trembling in the events and circumstance of our lives. And we are been down in the storm. Some of these men, not all of them, Tom talked about one today. One of them worked in payroll. Thank God for that. Matthew. Not all these men were fishermen, but there were men on this boat whose careers had been spent on the water. And you know what they ran to Jesus? Do you know what they said? We perish. You say, well, what's the big deal with that? Listen, when somebody has had experience on the water and they begin to panic, the payroll guy over here is really starting to pray. Yeah, when the fishermen's, when the fishermen's saying, we, we ain't going to make it, there's some problems there. But ain't that how we sometimes get in our life? I mean, it overtakes us. It overwhelms us. It comes from every direction. It hits us from the front. It hits us from the side. We feel like at, at this moment that we ain't going to make it in this life. That's, that's the way that we are. But I want to remind you, uh, listen to me. They had the intensity of the storm was real. They felt the effects of it emotionally and physically and mentally. But listen to me. When you're in the storm, there's a real presence of the storm in your life. But I want you to remember tonight who? Who's in your boat? That makes the whole difference. The presence of the storm was real, but I want to talk about three things here tonight. I believe that can help us if we remember. The presence of the storm was real, but so was his presence in the storm. But listen, we got to remember, this is the, one of the greatest, if I were to list top five scriptures, this is one of them. This has to be on there. Hebrews 13 and 5, for he has said, I will never leave thee, nor forsake thee. In the midst of the storm, we must must remember he is with us. If you go over to Acts 27, I remember when COVID hit, the first message that I preached, I preached out of Acts chapter number 27. And in the midst of the darkest time of Paul's life, they hadn't seen the sun for many days. Hey, everybody said we're going to give up. We're not going to make it. This thing's over. God showed up in the midst of the hour and Paul said, I know. And God told him to fear not. Can I say something to you? His presence hey, in the midst of wherever we are in life will make a difference in us. It makes a difference in us. Because this storm might be great, but he is greater than the storm. I want you to remember this tonight. Listen, promises, uh, the truth, this, this amazing truth here, whether you read it forwards or backwards, either direction you read this, it's a promise that he'll never leave us and he'll never forsake us. He is at every single moment. The moment, listen to me, I'm not sitting around here saying you're always going to feel that. That's not what that verse tells us. The verse doesn't say that you'll know that I'm with you every moment. No, it doesn't say you always feel it or, or, or see him working in the hour, but it says he's always there. Listen, I, there's times that I've not felt him, the times that I've not seen him, but I know he's there because the promise of the word of God is sure. Listen, no matter how great the storm is, you got to remember that the one that's greater than the storm is with you tonight. The Bible said in Psalm 46 and 1, it says, God is our refuge and a strength, a very present help in trouble. Amongst the real presence of the storm, 
the, the real thing, the fears. They had them right here. Now, he even, he even rebuked them. And I'm going to connect this to our faith in a minute. They had fear. They had anxieties. We get those, the unknown. But can I say something to you? It doesn't matter what area we find ourselves in life in. The child of God is to walk by faith. You know, we don't just walk by faith when we're on the mountain. That's easy, easier. Isn't it easy? Listen to me, let's be honest. Here's the, isn't it easier when everything's going perfect? Well, yeah, it is, right? But can I say something to you? The obedience to walk by faith, whether things are going good or whether things are, are not favorable or things that we don't like, can I say something to you? The, the, the same command goes out, we're to walk by faith. That's what we're called to do. And in the midst of this, we got to remember, you're not always going to feel him in it. And I'm telling you, when you get in the midst of the storm, and you're not, you, you don't necessarily feel the presence of God, you don't necessarily see God moving in a situation, th this is what I want you, the devil's going to come right there and he say, he's done with you. He don't care about you. Think about Martha in the kitchen. Got so worked up in there, she said, well, Lord, don't you care? I mean, we're, she's literally, Jesus in the living room. Lord, don't you care? Here, here, I mean, gee, I don't know how many, this is the only time that I believe that we find the Lord asleep. Now, I know this account's mentioned in, in, in some of the other uh, 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 gospels there, the Matthew, Mark, and Luke, I believe. Uh, but, but think about this. I mean, the one time we finally read Jesus just getting a rest from everything, and he gets woke up by saying, Lord, we're going to die. What are you sleeping for? Ain't that us? Ain't that how we go to the throne sometimes? I mean, now, we laugh a little bit, kid, but we've been there. And I want you to grasp this. We don't always, at this moment, and look at, look at what they said. They said, well, Lord, we perish, and that we need to save us. Almost as if, like, they, instead of, listen, I mean, if there was ever a time that you were going to be safe on a boat, it's going to be when Jesus is on the boat. I can mark this down. Listen, the, it ain't going down, Okay. It ain't going down. I don't care how bad it gets, how bad it looks. That thing wasn't going down. You know why? Because he was going to Calvary. They didn't understand this yet. And God used this. Jesus used this as an opportunity to grow their faith and to strengthen them and show them who he is. And may I say, as we go through storms, things you face, listen, God is trying to show you through the scriptures that you can trust him and that who he is, it's a revelation. You know why things get tough and we get in these situations? Because he wants us to show them we must depend on him. But we got to remember... When we don't see him, we don't feel him, we must remember who's in our boat tonight. I want to encourage you. We see his presence in the storm. We see his power in the storm. Now, this storm appeared, and, and, and when it appeared, it, it appeared to present an end. That's what they thought on board. The only one that didn't see, the, the only one that didn't feel that way was the one that was taking a nap. Everybody else looked and thought, this is it. We got on this boat following Jesus, and this is the end. Well, you say, how do I know that? Because they're crying to be saved, and they're saying we're going to perish. They, 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 they literally thought we've reached the end. I, I think, I, I'm hoping that this is in your heart. I'm hoping that you can look and see a time in your life. This is how we oftentimes feel internally. 
when we're going through our storm. I know it may necessarily not be a physical, literal storm of rain and wind and things, but life blows that way. The enemy attacks. There's persecution. There's things and trials that we go through. And internally, we feel like these men feel on this day. We feel like the payroll guy in the back of the boat with no fishing experience who hasn't been on the sea very much. He followed the Lord. He finds it. No, no, he's a panicking right here, but God wants him to trust him. You do everything in your life, listen to me. The desire of the Lord is for us to trust him and to obey him no matter what. And he uses these things. Though they're not uh, desirable when we're going through them, they bring forth a desirable thing in us. And I want you to grasp this tonight. The storms uh, that we, we may reach this place where it seems like it's impossible. You ever felt like that? And, and, and if we're honest, and I'll be honest, I'm going to be transparent. There's things I can look back on in my life that I thought were a whole lot bigger that when I see them now, I think, man, why is you panicking like that? If we're honest, I'm being honest. But at the moment that I looked at it, it looked like an unsurmountable point of my life that I'd never get past this, that it'd never be over that I just couldn't see an end to it. I look back now and the mountain wasn't near as big as I thought it was, but in the moment of time, that's how I was inside. And we're going to talk about it, but I want you to grasp this, that we get to those places where it seems impossible, where everything appears exhausted. I'm sure before they decide, these guys love the Lord, I'm sure before, they didn't wait till just a couple sprinkles, they were waiting till the end, till they couldn't go no more. I'm sure they tried to exhaust every maneuver that they had, they, were, they had some experience. I'm sure they tried every type of nautical maneuver, everything they do to keep the thing under control. I'm sure they uh, exhausted that. I'm sure they exhausted themselves before one of them. Somebody's going to have to go find Jesus. I don't know if they rock, paper, scissors and said, you wake him up or not. Or if one of them, or if Matthew just said, I'll go if nobody else is going, Right? It's probably the one that woke him up was probably not the fisherman. You know what I mean? But they exhausted themselves. They exhausted all that they have. And they reached a place they literally thought this was it. Internally, emotionally, physically, mentally, spiritually, in the midst of the storm, if we're not careful and remember who's in our boat, we can reach the same place. But here's what they did. They watched him. They woke him up. And they literally watched him. Isn't it amazing? First, before he addresses the winds and the seas, he addresses the disciples. He said, what are you so fearful about? That's, listen, wake the Son of God up from a nap. There shouldn't have been any worry, right? But isn't that kind of how, like, I'm just, just stay with me just for a second. But don't you think, as we see ourselves grow, I can look back and think, now why in the world was I even worried in that situation to start with, right? Now that's, uh, you can measure growth spiritually, and you should be able to see growth in yourself spiritually. There's things that, that, that used to would have thrown me for a loop uh, that now don't do that because I've grown to trust the Lord. Now that doesn't mean that, uh, that, I don't that I don't pray, and I'm not saying, well, don't pray about it, you just, too no, no, no. What I've learned is I can't control, there's certain things I can't control that's happened in the past that may come again. I've just learned that i got to live at his feet and trust him to deal with it, and, and, and we can see growth in ourselves 
sails. And, and I want you to think about this for a second. They watched him rebuke the winds. And you know what it showed them? And they were familiar with the scriptures, I'm sure. But it was a prophecy fulfilled. That it, was a, it was a showing to them that he was God. In his rebuking of this, not only in the miracle that literally this great storm that was about to cause them death had all of a sudden, the Bible said, become calm. But what they saw in the action was, the Bible says in Psalm 89 and 9, it says, Thou rulest the raging of the sea, and the, when the waves thereof arise, thou stillest them. There's multiple prophecies in the Old Testament that said that God is in control of the seas, and they saw it in person it was a testament that he wanted them to realize I'm God and you can trust me this was direct connected to their faith and may I say all the storms we go through God whether we whether we've caused it or God's brought us to them he's going to use it not only for his glory but he's going to use it to grow us in our faith and trust in him every day God's trying to grow us I think about the power that they saw that day. Matthew 28, 18, we're, we're give this, this is hinged upon, and, and, and this is applies to us as a church, and I want you to think about this is we hear about the Great Commission, and we teach that here, and we do our best to practice that here. We want to see people get saved, and we want to see them grow in, in the grace and the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ, and we want to see them go out and get more people saved. That's what we want here. But do you realize that that verse hangs upon something else? It's not the church's power. It's not our talent. It's not our gifts. There's people that have gifts in this church. Wonderful. There's people that has will. It's not even our willingness. We need to be willing. We ought listen. We ought to want to serve the Lord. If we're saved, we ought to want to do that. And God has a purpose for each and every one of us. But it ain't us. Those two verses hinge upon verse number eighteen, and it said, "And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying." All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. You realize in the midst of what we're going through, we need to remember we serve the one who is with us, who has all power in heaven and in earth. Uh, we need to remember who's in our boat. Now, here's what I can't preach to you tonight, and it would be a lie for me to tell you this. I can't preach to you that he'll always calm the storm. And if you hear a preacher that tells you that, you better turn the TV off. That ain't in the Bible. I cannot stand up here and tell you that everything you go through, when you start praying about it, God will just say, all right, we'll just get rid of it. I can't tell you that. Now, here's what I can tell you. He could. He can do everything. But that don't mean that he's going to. And I can't tell you that as your pastor. So don't come up here and put me in an impossible situation because listen to me. I can't tell you what God's going to do. There's a few things I know God's going to do. But one thing is, I know he's coming back. I know that. I know he's going to come back. And listen to me. In the Revelation, I know when he comes back, he's going to end this thing. I know that. And I know that for eternity, he's going to be the center of heaven and we're going to pray. There is some things I do know, but there's a lot of things I don't know what he's going to do in the situation. I can't always preach to you that he'll calm the storm. I can't always preach to you that he's going to work it out the way that you want it to or think it should go. I can't preach you that. But I can preach you this with a surety standing on Mark 7, 37. Whatever he does, he does all things well. You can mark this down in the situation and the storm you're going through. 
I don't know how it's going to end and how it's going to turn out, but everything he does, he does well. That's something we can remember in the midst of the hour and the discouragement that he has the power. And not only that, I can tell you another thing standing on Matthew 19, 26. When, when all of this comes on you and the weight's so great and you can't handle it and you wonder what you're going to do, Jesus said in Matthew 19, 26, with God, all things are possible. That tells us that he can. And Mark 7, 37 says, whatever he does is the best, is the right. And I'm talking about, friends, in the midst of your storm, you got to remember his power. you got to remember who's in your boat tonight. They were in this boat. They were in this storm. And I'm glad, listen, they were, they were lacking in faith. But can I say something to you? They knew who was there in the midst of the hour. But lastly, I want to look at his peace in the storm. The word peace in Webster's 1828 means a state of quiet or tranquility. It's a freedom from disturbance or agitation. It's like getting up in the morning when the kids are in bed. That's kind of what peace is like. <laughs> you know what it really is? It's found in verse 24. A great tempest that they thought they was going to die in. And look at verse number 24. Jesus was resting. You know what peace is? It's a rest in the storm. What he was doing, can I say what he literally was doing, he can do inside of us. They literally looked on him and he was asleep. But I'm talking about in the storms of our life, the storms may continue. There, there was two great things. He, he, he listen, he, he calmed, I believe it's a picture of peace, he calmed the storms. But the greatest calm was in the midst of his disciples is he can calm us. Sometimes he doesn't alter the storm. He alters us. Now, I like it when he just ends the storm, right? We'd agree with that. But can I say something to you? He's working to make a change in us. And the thing is about what we go through, the child of God has peace with God. There's two different types of peace that we see. Peace with God, you can find it in Romans 5 and 1. We have peace with God. What's that mean? On the basis of what Jesus did at Calvary, on the, on the uh, being declared uh, justified, uh, you and I, on the basis of what Jesus did at Calvary, we have peace with God. We're no longer enmity with God. God looks at me as if I had never even been a sinner before. That's how he sees me. I have peace with him on the basis of my sin but that's different than the peace of God and I'm talking about knowing you're right with God let me say something to you that's the most important thing you need to know you got to get that right first but I'm glad in the midst of what we go through that there's a peace that can rest us in our storm he may not he may not cause your storm to go down but he can rest you in the midst of it. And I think about the scriptures that he told us. You know, the Bible promises. He left us a promise of peace. John 14, 27. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you. Not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. That's an amazing thing is that that, that right there tells us no matter what we're going through, he's promised to give us peace. I appreciate peace more when I'm in the middle of the storm. 
right? I mean, it's peaceful outside, but I, I mean, I don't often think about necessarily the peace of God. I, I, if I'm honest, and you're probably honest too, I don't go around thinking about the peace of God oftentimes when things are going well, right? But in the midst of the storm, I like some peace. <laughs> and he's promised to give us peace. He teaches us that we are to petition for peace. Now, we're not petitioning in a place. If you put scriptures together, let us therefore now come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may find uh, mercy and grace to help in the time of need. Okay, so he's telling us to come and there's grace to help us. And then he gives us some specific things to pray about. In Philippians 4 and 6, he says, Be careful for nothing, uh, but in everything by prayer and supplication. So he's telling us not to be full of cares. That's what careful means, to be full of cares. All these things that, that get on us. He said, But everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request being made known unto God. So he's told us that he'll give us peace. He's even instructed us to pray for peace. Those things that are full of cares, what he's saying is bring those to him, okay? And, and may I say, I want to read the next verse because it's important that we keep these next two verses. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Jesus Christ. Now, I want you all to notice this. This is very important. Verse number 7 says, God will give us peace. Verse number 8 says, you can choose to continue in it. Listen to what he says. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. He's saying, I'll give you the peace of God and you can keep it, but you're going to have to guard and you're going to have to keep your mind. Can I say, if you don't drive your mind, someone else will. I'll even tell you, that here, here's another verse to go with that. In the midst of our storms, listen, we can either be ruled by the storms or ruled by his peace. Colossians 3 and 15. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts. That's an amazing verse right there. Now listen, God has not, Jesus has held nothing back from us. He wants us to have peace. Now he's going to try our faith. That's how our faith grows. Go over to Peter, the whole thing. Your faith is under fire. It's like gold. It, 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 they put it through. You know how gold is refined? They heat it up. They take out the bad stuff, and then they heat it back up again. Well, that's the same thing in our lives. Whether we've caused it or whether he's brought it to us, it's a purpose for us to grow in the grace and the knowledge of him, to grow in our faith and trust in him. But there's peace in that. He want, you know what peace is? It's literally resting and trusting our lives and all that we have and all that we are in his hands better than our own. That's resting. But we must remember. Judy, come on, I'm done. We must remember tonight who's in our boat. The last thing the devil wants you to think about in the middle of what you're going on, he wants you to see the waves. He wants you to see the wind. He wants you to see all the things that are causing all the problems. He wants you to feel the shaking. He wants you to feel all these things. And he'll go in. He'll do everything to try to make it worse for you. But in the midst of the storms, which are real, we got to remember that there's one on board with us. There's one with us. And his presence will make a difference. I'm telling you something. If we'll just remember that he's with us, that automatically will help us in whatever we're going with. 
One of the great... You know what Elijah felt? Elijah was working and saw God do a mighty work. And on that mountain up there, he thought he was the only one. The devil's great thing is to try to isolate you. No one's ever went through this, Josh. No one understands how you feel. Nobody cares. No, no, none of that. He'll just go on and he's trying to, always trying to, can I say, one of the, one of the things we, real, we ought to realize this as a church, the church is meant to come together. COVID taught us that. It should have. I mean, it, it, we weren't meant to be isolated. Man was not meant to be isolated. That's not, that's not the way we're supposed to be. And may I say, that, that's what he tries to do spiritually. They don't care for you down there. They don't understand what's going on. You just need to stay home. Can I say something to you? The, the worst thing you can do is stay home from church. Yeah. You get in here, you're around people who love you. That's the first good thing. You, you need to be, but, but, but he tries to isolate you. But you need to remember who's in your boat. When it looks like there ain't another thing that can be done. And we, 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 there's testimonies sitting throughout here where the doctor said there's nothing else we can do the judge said this is it there's no other thing when all these situations it's been written off to the end God shows up may I say something to you I don't know how it always is going to turn out but I know whatever he does he does all things well and we got to remember that we serve one that can do all things and in the midst of the hour that you face how we find him on this boat is how we can be in our heart. He was asleep in the midst of a great turbulent storm. He was resting. There's peace available. Not as the world giveth. I'm glad for encouragement of God's people and it's a wonderful thing. But there's been times in my life Brother Tom, I've heard a lot of encouraging things from God's people, and it helped, but it wasn't, it wasn't quite like the one I got from the Lord. I mean, just pillowed down in my heart, resting in the peace that he gives. In the hour that we're in, the days that we're in, we're in a storm of perilous times, we need to remember, church, who's in our boat tonight. Let's bow our heads.